Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. everyone and welcome to the come along pond podcast with your hosts damna and elliot are you surprised yeah you were expecting someone else i'm talking to the audience pal oh okay sorry well you looked right at me you made eye contact (laughs) sorry but i was talking to the audience it's all about you (laughs) no we love you please listen please (laughs) Hello, audience. Hello, audience. Um, So, I suggest we get straight into the very, very sad news. Yes, the saddest satellite. Five of them are going to do, probably. For a while. Yeah. Yeah. Satellite five. We are the news. So... Unfortunately, this week we have lost two people in the Doctor Who community. Um, we lost David Warner and Bernard Cribbins. And I hate that those words even left my mouth. It's actually, it's one of it's one of the saddest deaths that life's lived. Well, David Warner, I wasn't as familiar with, with like Bernard Cribbins, that 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 got to me. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, in, like incredibly surprising, even given his age. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. No, Bernard had a good innings. I'll, I'll I'll say that much. Yeah, lived a hell of a life. Did wonderful things. Exactly, and but yeah, still incredibly upsetting. It's it's just, I just feel like we all lost a granddad. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's yeah. We said as much on. Yeah, on Instagram. Our Instagram, right, yeah. Because it's true, especially... 
uh, he's so much more famous for playing other roles and doing other things in people's childhoods, but obviously, you, you know, he'll always be Wilf from Doctor Who for me. Yeah, me too. And, you know, he's like, the, he's just the perfect granddad in there. Uh, but yeah, just the outpouring of love was so sweet, honestly. And then David Warner as well. I mean, I'm only really familiar with him in terms of like, just like kind of casually like seeing him on telly, but also in Cold War, the episode. Mm-hmm. Easily one of the best parts of that episode, without a doubt. Yeah, he's a fantastic actor. Yeah, he's a fantastic actor, and, yeah. Like, it's so worth, again, like the outpouring of appreciation from people. Yeah. But... So there's just something about Bernard where I feel like, yeah, it's people can appreciate him as an actor and performer, but I feel there is a sort of. I was talking to my parents about it today, actually, and I was sort of saying, he feels like one of the last few people who sort of passed on who, like, I'm, I'm going to be sad that he's died. My parents are sad that he died. Yeah, exactly. It's, my nan and grand, yeah. my nan and granddad will be sad that he died because he just crosses generations. Exactly, and. Yeah, it's just, it's really, you know... There was one thing I read that I think we should end this section on. Because we, if we talk about it anymore, we will both be sobbing, and you don't need to hear that. Um, in an article, apparently, Bernard, before he passed, had said that people, like young kids, call him Grandad on the street because of Doctor Who. Well, yeah, I read that, and I was so... I don't know, my heart, like... That's the thing, it doesn't actually... It doesn't feel as sad... As some other ones, because it's just been nothing but a positive outpouring of yeah love by literally everybody yeah um and it's been very very wholesome and we still have a performance from him to look forward to exactly his last performance is in the sixtieth right yeah and that's gonna sting make me cry yeah that's gonna fucking sting because you know whoever they've got to score that they're gonna make they're gonna do like the the last. St- bit he's on, they're going to just well the music up and you just know it's going to make you sob. But yeah, no, rest in peace to both of them and they will never be forgotten. Never be forgotten. Seriously, never. Um, But yeah, so Matt Smith is starring in the latest season of... Is it House of Dragon? House of the Dragon. The Game of Thrones... Spin-off. It's some Pretty shite cool. Game of Thrones spin-off. Hey, yeah. hold on. I'm excited for it. I think it's going to be okay. Okay. I don't think it'll be amazing. Answer. Yeah. Okay. You apologise. You apologise. Yeah. <laughs> not that this is new. I'm not announcing that it's happening, because obviously we all been new, but just a reminder that that's happening. So if any Matt Smith stands out there. That is happening, and it's... Have you seen what he looks like? In the show? Yeah. Or now. No, no, in, in the show. Life. In the show. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it looks terrible. He looks so weird. But at the moment in real life, now that you bring it up, he's looking suspiciously doctory with his haircut. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting one to find out. I did I did get into the weird side of Twitter the other day where people were blaming, like... No, you know, just people assuming that if Matt Smith doesn't come back for the 60th anniversary that it's because, you know, Russell C. Davis hates him and is jealous. Yeah, you know, it's just like... I'm sure. I'm sure that the. I'm sure that if the sixtieth is not a multi-doctor story, I'm sure that especially for the reboot doctors, it's probably a case of both scheduling conflicts and them declining to return. Also, side note: if any of these people ever did any proper research in their life and watched any Matt Smith interview, um, 
he has nothing but amazing things to say about Russell. Like, even literally an interview he did for House of Dragon, he was talking about Shooty, again, being really complimentary. Um, Russell, T- Russell T. Davies does more to promote the Jodie Whittaker era yeah. Doctor Who than Christopher Chibnall mm. and Jodie Whittaker do. Yeah, and then, like, m- the previous cast, who didn't get to work with Russell, like Stephen's cast, let's say, they have nothing but good things to say about Russell because, of course they do. Yeah, I just, I don't know, a lot of people, they just like to start beef, don't they? People on Twitter, you are murderers, bastards, abusers and liars. Ha. Ha. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. Uh, Brilliant. uh, that, that, That joke was bad, Wolf. Oh, my God. So, Damla, what are we doing today? We are, well, we're recording the Come Along Pond podcast. And I was having such a lovely day. Ha! <laughs> 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 Brilliant. <Okay>. Brilliant! <laughs> Thank you. <sighs> God. <laughs> I love, uh, oh, the, the, the jokes always catch me off guard, guys. Always. Even the ones that you have to help me set up. Yes. <laughs> But, Damla, of course, first crucial question of the episode. I know what the episode is about. I know what Google thinks it's about. I know what IMDb thinks it's about. But, darling, what do you think it's about? Well, darling, sweetheart, baby cakes, sweetheart. Um, I think this episode is about not trusting the government in general. Mm-hmm. Um, re- very relevant. But mm-hmm. also, be careful who you go out to dinner with. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, watch out on those Tinder dates. Yeah, literally. Also, yeah. don't use Tinder. What are you doing? So, so it's ultimately about how all of the deepest, most philosophical conversations that we have with each other are when we're drunk in toilets. Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, I can attest to that. All the best things I've ever said have been I mean, drunk toilets. at house parties in the bathrooms talking to other people. It's the best time. It's the it best is. of times and the worst of times. Ha ha ha. I'm really excited about this. Me too. And do you know why? Because here's the here's the thing. This episode, if I hear anyone saying a bad thing about it, you actually hate fun. You hate having fun. You hate camp, iconic moments. You don't. You just don't. You're you're just boring. And you also hate genuinely good drama and character development. Exactly. Because it is camp and fun. But my God, this has a lot of themes and ideas, and I really love it. I just, oh, it's so good, guys. We really do like this episode. Yeah, one of my favourites. We'll save that for the ranking, but it's one of my favourites. It's, it's honestly a comfort episode of mine. I actually, fun fact, um, I want to bring it up now because I think it's funny. Me and my my oldest friend, Abigail, I don't know if she's listening to this. Hi, hi, love, you right? I mean, um, she should be if she's your oldest friend. She should be. Uh, <laughs> um, we watched this episode a lot when I would, we would go around to my nan's house. And um, we always used to replay the bit where Margaret and the doctor are in the in the restaurant, mm. 
mm. and she's kept she's trying to poison him. We kept replaying it because we kept laughing our heads off. I mean, we have it. You had to keep going, uh, go and like rewind it, and just keep. You know, when you're a kid and you do that, and you keep rewinding, going, I need to see it again. Ah, ah. Like, Aww. yeah. I mean, I love it. Like, understandable because I think Annette Badland is like the highlight of this whole episode. Oh, she is just camp goodness in this yeah. and really also then really fucking good when she needs to be oh absolutely yeah absolutely i mean i i don't know about you but i think the so the ep- the episode as a whole but as, like the opening especially is kind of a, a springboard into that it's like the slitheen are actually quite scary in this the slitheen i'd say her as the slitheen is, is actually quite scary slitheen singular Mm-hmm. Um, I would say they actually well she has way more urgency in this and it makes more sense because she actually has she's gone down a very specific path and she's still within the government so she's using that alias that she created mm-hmm. to bring herself into because she's gone somewhere where she knows it's very well, there's like they say like no one cares about Cardiff yeah yeah, like yeah. As as much as that is a joke, yeah. It's, she also is pretty. Just pretty much hit the nail on the head that yeah, the entire south coast of Wales could fall into the ocean and no one in London would blink an eye. You've gone native. It is, but it's true. <laughs> but it's very true. Uh, yeah, like you know, you sort of yeah, because in 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 World War Three, aliens of London, yeah, they're just there and they're there to do business. You know, that's what they're doing, and. In this one, you get to see them being... She's desperate, you know, she's a, a scavenger and she's unpredictable. And I, it's a lot more terrifying. I mean, I think even the start of the episode. I don't know if it's just the director or if Russell just was on a slightly better writing streak because just that, op- that op- even the opening, with like when the, the guy goes to leave the office and he's wiping his glasses and the lights are flashing blue. And Oh, yeah. Even yeah, the yeah, way yeah, Margaret's yeah. thing, like grabs him and pins him to the ground and you see like her claws go up in the air and she's just screeching. It's actually really creepy. It is really creepy. And I will say though, and like you say, as as scary as they are in this episode and there's like, well, I, I was, I'm not scared by them, but like as more interesting as they are in this episode and more eerie and I guess, yeah, scary. This episode is arguably the most comedic episode of Doctor Who to ever exist. I would argue that point. I, I, that's the, that's the thing. It's why this episode works so well for me because it's, they, they are, they, there's a, there's only one of them. Margaret Slavine is genuinely scary in places, genuinely very, very sympathetic and scenes that move, move me very deeply and is also a, hilarious and it's sort of everything that Rusty Davis should be together in one amazing package of an episode yeah I love it I just let me ask you let's go straight yes. into it mm-hmm. let's do that let's do that let's go straight in um the Doctor Rose and Jack dynamic I think is hilarious it really is I do stand by this now interesting opinion coming your way but then i want to hear what you think about the dynamic as a whole okay i think this is my opinion on it i think to really establish this connection between the three of them there should have been an episode in between where we see the three of them doing a bit more if you know what i mean i feel like if we had that extra episode 
where they were doing something together, then I'd feel way, way more strongly about the little trio going on there. The little thruple, if you would, because obviously Jack's in it and everything with Jack included is naughty. Um, what do you think? I don't know. I think they're really fun, is what I'm saying. I do think they're great, but, like, yeah, I don't know. It's hard because I sort of have the context of the next series that he's in. Yes. As well. I th- I think I probably do agree. But then also it's harder because, like, in real terms... He's in five episodes of this series. It doesn't feel it doesn't feel like it because two of them are two parters. This is true. Um so he is yeah, he is in quite a lot. Oh yeah, it does it does I don't know, I guess it handles it better than like Adam. You know, where you sort of oh. immediately expected to be in love with him. I thought we uh, weren't gonna talk about him anymore. Also, can we just say, can we bring this up now? Um, the actor who plays Adam, we were we had no idea what um what he had done. Um, so if you do your own research, you can see it yourself. Um, the actor isn't the greatest person. Yeah, we yeah we we didn't we didn't know someone someone informed us. Uh, so we condemn all of his actions. And when I felt like we're pretty we're pretty mean about him in the long game anyway, which is fine. But uh, in recordings of Dalek when we say no hate to the actor actually hate to the fucking actor yeah absolutely yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah sorry I just wanted to point that out while we were talking about ugh, Adam yeah every um, time yeah now every time we go ugh Adam it's for multiple reasons for multiple um, reasons but yeah like you say I think Jack is way more integrated into the show way better I mean that's the reason why they gave him a spin off do you know what I mean um, yeah and he is great in this um Again, our thoughts and opinions about John Barrowman aside and whatever, you know, that's a very, very complicated topic. But he is absolutely fantastic in I feel like in, it, in this. I like it might have benefited having, and again, this is complete, like, fan remodelling, but it might have benefited going from Dalek, them leaving uh, Adam behind. Doing Empty Child Doctor Dances, meeting Jack, taking Jack to Satellite 5, doing the stuff on Satellite 5, Jack still being able to portray them in some way because, you know, maybe at that point you still want to make him a bit of a mercenary who's, like, you know, out for his own money, and then he learns a lesson at the end of that episode. Then we bring him into this episode where he's just kind of completely reformed and he's no longer a mercenary and just loves them both. I think that's so interesting. This is why you're the writer. Which would then set you up for the finale. Someone hire Ellie and give them uh, their own show. Thanks. Yeah, good sense. Or, or buy me a time machine. I'll go back to 2005 and I'll say, Russell, I'll, I'll put the scripts down in front of him and I'll just physically go, whoop, like that, and then... And then and then he will, Russell will go, oh my God, Elliot, you are a genius. <laughs> and I'll go, oh, thanks, Russell. And then we both work on Doctor Who as <laughs> story producers, and yeah. um, I would then meet Karen Gillan, and she'd fall in love with me, and we would be married by now. All love to my boyfriend. I love him very much, but Karen Gillan. Karen Gillan. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Anyway, moving on. Oh, God. Oh, oh moving on. Um, but I totally agree with you. I think that order would have really... Uh, not uh, Switching the order and then, like, 
taking out Adam from the equation, I think would have worked way better. Maybe that was their intention, but maybe... And it's not just because I hate Adam, by the way. Like, it's not it's not just because of that. I feel like it just... That doesn't serve much of a story function, whereas it happening with Jack would help the overall story progression. Absolutely. Also, you can you can't really tell that from what we've. This is alleged. This is alleged. Just to uh, underline and highlight that. Obviously, I think Chris and John didn't really get along mm. while making the show. Yeah. You cannot tell. You can't tell at all. It's so professional, you know, like... Which is why I think it, it's hard. It's heartbreaking and sometimes hard for fans to accept, right, that he doesn't like Russell T. Davis or Julie Gardner. It's so... It is sad or Phil for me as well, yeah. Like, like, it is sad. It is really, really upsetting, but it's, it's hard for people, I think, sometimes to accept it as truth and then assume that Chris Ruckerson's just a nasty, vindictive man. Um, yeah. Which, obviously, is not, the, is not the case. It's just... No, 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 no. One no, of those no, sad no. things about growing up, isn't it? That but, reality yeah. is shit sometimes. Sorry. But yeah, it's like so. Uh, it's never on screen, so it feels even harder to realize that. Yeah, exactly, and I think that's why it's very impressive that they have such good on-screen chemistry and scenes and everything. Like, so, so you are a fan of the the trio, then? The thrower, yeah, right? I love I I love them honestly. I feel like, um, yeah, like so I kind of wish we got an episode with them on their own because you immediately then throw Mickey into the dynamic as well. Yeah, uh, which is fine, but like. You can sort of, they're so well established, and you do get enough of how well established they are. But yeah, it'd be funny if, to have just seen them on their own. Uh, Absolutely. Overall, like, really, really love their dynamic. Uh, I know it only gets stronger, um, so very, very happy. There's loads of fun little bits of quip and banter that I always don't want to read out because I feel like we're not going to have a favourite line, we're going to have like a top 10 favourite lines because it's so many. Yeah, literally. Um, complete pointless fact. Obviously, this is like the first episode where I go. I've been there because I've been to Cardiff a bunch. Um, I, I've I've been on the train platform that brought some horrible yeah. memories back. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, this isn't a silly point because I wanted to bring this up anyway. Literally just now. So you've read my mind. As per usual. As per usual, because we're literally that close at this point that you can read my mind. Yeah. We're like that. You can't see, but I'm twisting my fingers around. Red bicycle when you were 12. (laughs) (gasps) What? (laughs) Oh, we love it. We love to see it. Anyway, um, go on. Uh, Yeah, I I obviously... I know that we've both been around the bay, in Cardiff Bay. We've we've been around the bay once or twice. Yeah, yeah. I've always got bays. Um, I am, but I'm one of them. I'm one of them. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just that's that's the the stop that I have to get off at if I'm going to Cardiff or get on if I'm going back home. Uh, and I just saw it. I was like, I was like, oh, uh, I've stood there. Do you know what I'd love to do with you at some point in the future? So watch out, listeners. Um, listen out, listeners. Not watch out. You can't see. Um. I would love to do... No, this is actually such a good idea. And let us know if you like this idea. You and I go to Cardiff and do go around some, like, Doctor Who locations around Cardiff and, like, we record ourselves as we do it. Yeah, I think that'd be a lot of fun. That'd be a lot of fun as a sort of a, uh, an episode to do somewhere to plug in some gaps and 
to just have a nice day out. I think that'd be great. I just, I'd love to do a few little more like interesting stuff like that. I think that'd be really fun. But yeah, so Cardiff Bay, I, I mean, I, I've obviously, obviously been there. Obviously. Uh, and I've, I have stood on the step where you go down into the Torchwood Hub, obviously, because it's mm-hmm. real. Uh, <laughs> lent, over the, lent over the railing where uh, Tana Martha lean. Been to Yanto Shrine. Yeah, Yanto Shrine. Oh my God, Yanto Shrine. I love that it's still a thing. Um, but yeah, uh, what I was going to say was, I love that this one location, that which is really clever, you know, they have to do a pit stop here because it, the TARDIS needs to be charged up, basically. Mm-hmm. And now it's become such an iconic bit of Doctor Who history. like, And then they use that as the basis for Torchwood. Yeah, it's a really smart idea. It's really smart, and I love it so much. And it's iconic, like the, the, the Cardiff Bay water tower is so iconic now, isn't it? Yeah, it's insane that like, it was just filmed there, because it's yeah. just easy. Like, I found it, when I went there, I don't know about you, but when I went there the first time, I, it was really surreal, because I was like, I've seen this on telly for years, <laughs> and now I'm standing in front of this building with this weird Welsh writing on it, what is going on? Yeah, like it's like oh, yeah, I know Cardiff is just a city, but it's like so, sort of, iconically. You know, it's everyone you get like London or whatever. Right? London's always on film. Yes, it's like, I, exactly. It, yeah, like, so iconic just to Doctor Who to have Cardiff sort of immortalised like that. I tell you what, when we go there, we're going to go to Ed's Diner as well. Mm-hmm. Yes, po- uh, Cardiff podcast episode coming your way soon. We hope. Yes, um, <laughs> we will figure it out. I really like, what I really like about this episode, which is a lot of things, I love, obviously, Margaret becoming, or Blonde. Should I call her Blonde? I'm going to call her Margaret. I'm going to call her, I'm going to call her Margaret, but I do like... Blonde, Felforge, Pass Me A Day, Savine, or something like that. I don't know. Pass Me A Day, Savine. Yeah, Margaret. Mar- Marge, little Marge. We love her. Maggie. Um, Maggie. Maggie. Good old Maggie. Um, <laughs> Um, I love the whole thing of her being mayor. Um, mm. And I really love, to this day, it's, it's, it's actually one of my favourite interactions on telly. Like, to this day, that scene I do actually refer to a lot in my mind is when Margaret is talking to Cathy, the reporter. Because I still love Cathy. Mm-hmm. Cathy's very sweet. Played by Mally Harris. I think that's how you pronounce it. She's really good in this. I love it, and it's just the way they're like in there. And you know, she's also taken her in there to kill her, so she doesn't spill the beans. And then she like talks about how she's like, you know, she's expecting a child, and how she's just basically living a very content life. And Margaret also just gets a bit sad. She's like, oh, I actually don't want to take that away from her. Yeah, she says, I'm, I'm all on my own. Aww. Yeah, and yeah, and that's when you, you know, you do empathize with her. I love um, I just love that scene because it goes from really funny. To really sinister and then to just really emotional. Like, it's got three big beats and it just seamlessly blends into each other. Yeah, because when they're walking and she's like, oh, I think we need to stop at the ladies' room. And then she's like, oh, I'm not going to go with you. And she's like, oh, come on, ladies all together. Yeah, no, then, all girls together, let's yeah. go. And then, yeah, and then, like you say, and then obviously she's taking the skin off while she's talking and that's really weird. And you're like, oh, that's quite creepy. I, then, love, yeah. I love when she's taking the skin off, side note. I love when she's taking the skin off. And um, Kathy's like, oh, the the light, what, what's happening to the lights? And she's like, oh, I can't tell you how many memos I've sent. So, Chernobyl. <laughs> <laughs> she's so camp. I love it. 
I also, so, I mean, this episode is, is so camp, because even before that, there's not tons before that, but the idea that the mayor of Cardiff has the power to demolish Cardiff Castle to build a nuclear power station is hilarious. Oh my God, let's talk about it. That that didn't work for me as much, but we'll talk about that later. I mean, I just, yeah. you know, I mean, like, whether you like the threat of the power station or not, just the fact that she just very casually is like, you know, so we demolished Cardiff Castle. And I was like, what the fuck? I was like, okay. Sure, do sure. it. Yeah. Why not? Why not? Um, but yeah, I like that scene. Also, side note, I don't know if, if you uh, agree. Feel free to disagree or feel free to say that's a pointless observation. You started a podcast just to talk about this. And the answer is yes, I did. Because there'll be <laughs> someone out there who will agree with me and will vindicate my point. How how nice looking are the toilets? The toilets are really nice looking. I think it's like a mix, isn't it? It's like a dressing room and toilet. Yeah, I want to. I, I I'd go pee in those. They look nice. They're the really marble cool. is lovely. Yeah, yeah it's very like Victorian. I feel like. Oh, hold on! I might be chatting absolute rubbish, but I feel like it looks a bit like the toilet in the Impossible Astronaut when they go in like, when they're in America, not America. And they're filming those scenes in the bathroom when the silence comes and talks to Amy. I mean, it's got the same kind of, like, vibe. I don't think it is the same bathroom, but it's the same kind of, like, you know, vibe to it, right? Like lots. Of, it doesn't look the same, but I feel like it's the same vibe, yeah. Lots of wood and... Marble and things. Yeah. Yeah. So really, nice, uh, really nice toilets. Welcome to the Come Along Pod podcast, a side note podcast, as the subtitle. Um... A toilet podcast, oh no. A toilet podcast. <laughs> we belong in the toilet, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Get all your peas and poops in. It's toilet time. That's the theme tune. Well, let us know if you listen to us while you're having a shit. Let us know. <laughs> I do, frequently. I are doing it right now. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> oh, God. Um... I don't even know what to say next. I'm actually so... So it's your, it's your exact, exact, exact level of humour. Do-do. Um, anyway. Okay, right. All right. So, and then, of course, after that, you get probably the scene, I think, that, that encapsulates how fun that TARDIS crew are when they're sat in the restaurant. Oh, my God, Jack, I love it. Jack's doing his little story and everybody's laughing and even Mickey finishes the punchline. Which is... Shocking. Yeah, but then other than Jack's like, Jack just goes, that's my line. I love it. It's great. They're all having so much fun. I, I love that the little cafe, side note to Cardiff, again, another side note, my God, I need to stop saying that, um, that in Cardiff there's just a random cafe that's on top of the water. It's like floating on top yeah. of the water. It's so it's random. Really nice. I was going to uh, go and eat there, but the menu was kind of shit, not going to lie. Yeah, yeah, you'd be doing it just to be like, oh, um, look. Doctor Who. Ooh. I knew they should have turned left. Ha, ha, ha. And then I was looking at you like, why is she talking to herself? <laughs> you, could have ripped, you could have ripped a newspaper out of an elderly gentleman's hand. And gone, I was having such a nice day. And it would probably be apt because the news at the moment is diabolical. I really like, because even that, that's like really camp still, right? Like the idea that the doctor just rips a newspaper out of somebody's hand and then is like, I was having such a nice day while like showing everybody this sort of like photo of the Slovene in disguise. But the, the Chris's face after he said that, he looks angry yeah. yeah like he goes from really funny moment to like oh i'm i'm actually my day's been ruined really yeah something which we've uh yet to discuss which i've just remembered before we i guess get into like the next big bit of the scene rose's outfit oh my god yes 
yes, no, maybe. Yes. yes, it's always a yes. It's a yes from me with every Rose outfit. It's always a yes, but I mean, especially this episode, I really love it. This was the blueprint for early 2000s fashion and no one can tell me otherwise. The short skirt with the long scarf and the gloves that match, the braids, the denim jacket. I'm sorry, like, boots. what a trendsetter. The boots. Oh, my yeah. God. Is it a jacket with a hoodie underneath? Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, again, like I said in a previous podcast, if anyone has the scarf and wants to sell it to me, <laughs> I will buy it off of you. It might might actually be my... Uh, might not be her most iconic, but it might actually be my favourite look of hers, the series. Really? Yeah. For me, it's still the long game punky Fair fish enough. jacket. Yeah. I love that. Understandable. But yeah, I don't know. There's something, I don't know. I just really like it. It's just such a cool look. It is a really cool look. I love it. And it's... Win- yeah, it's winter rose. I actually think... Do you, do you... Okay, maybe I'm looking into this costume too much, as I always do. Do you feel like Rose's scarf is giving Tom Baker vibes? A little bit, but like the fem- like the feminine version. Yeah, it is a, it's a long scarf. It's a long scarf and it's got multi-different colours on it. I feel like it's, it's giving a bit Tom Baker, I'm not going to lie. How amazing is that? That like, I'd never sort of even... Like, when... Uh, Osgood wears the scarf. Oh yeah. You go, oh that's a yeah, oh, that's a Tom Baker reference, yeah. Yeah. But like even if this is a reference, I don't uh, I don't ever watch it and go, Oh, they're doing the Tom Baker scarf because she just looks so good. Yeah. Like that it doesn't register as being a reference, even though I'm sure it probably is. I feel like it probably is. But like you say, oh, yeah. it's very subtle, which I like. Yeah. Um yeah, I mean that's like that's always. I mean that was always the appeal about like the original scarf rise that Tom Baker's such a powerful, charismatic actor that he's like the only person in the world who could not be upstaged by a twelve foot long scarf. Literally. Yeah. Literally, and Billy Piper, to be fair. And now Billy Piper. It's a shame. It's a shame. She was great as Rose. I love her as Rose. Wouldn't have anybody else. But it's a shame that it means she can never play the Doctor. Oh, don't! It makes me sad. In any meaningful way. Because she's also the moment now. Yeah. Anyway. Um, I think we need to talk about now. I think it's only apt. And I think this is the chase scene. Is seriously, genuinely hilarious. Everything in that scene is comedy gold. The doctor going to her, like, secretary. Well, no, hang on. When when, uh, Jack is doing the plan, he's setting up the plan. And the doctor's like, uh... Who's in charge? Yeah. Um, and he's like, right, yes, the plan. Like I said, nice plan. Yeah. And then they and all then know... And then Rose which, smiling, yeah. Yeah, they all know which direction to go off and they've all got their phone set for Mickey. Uh, As yeah. always. And just the way he's like, it's like, it's like tell her the Doctor's here. He's like, Doctor Who? And he's like, no, just the Doctor. Tell her exactly that. The Doctor is here to see her. Yeah, and then... And he's like, won't be a tick, won't be a tick. And then I get up. Cup smash. I love that. Just like Chris smiles, and then the guy comes. The, he's so Welsh. The the little reception guy. He's quite camp as well. He's very camp. I love it. And he's like, um, she says thanks for popping by, but she's up to rising paperwork. So oh, I can't do a Welsh accent. Yeah, uh, he's just it's just like she's climbing out the window. She's climbing out the window, isn't she? Yeah, she is. Yeah, and then boom, chase scene ensues. And then, but then that man gets extremely camp when, like, he runs out onto the balcony to chase Margaret, and then the secretary he's leaps. Like, leave the on... bear alone! Yeah, she just leaves the bear alone. She leaps on Chris's back. 
it's so good. It's like Doctor Doctor Who lines cut perfectly out of context. Leave the mayor alone. Um, I think I think the Slovene heading north is quite a good line. That's good. That's no, a good one. No context line for Doctor Who. Let's 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 rename the podcast Slovene heading north. And I just love that Rose is very serious. She takes that very seriously. She knows exactly what that means. She just goes copy like because you know she's watched the films and because she's got the bronze. She has the bronze in running after Slovene. Absolutely. Yeah, like, I like all of them coming together. Like when she, I mean, yeah, when Margaret runs across the car park and then she sees Rose and she does that little, like, she growls. Oh, yeah, which, the little growl that she takes yeah. her earrings out. Yeah, and then she turns out the other way and Jack's, like, sprinting towards her. Doing his iconic little run, you know. And she runs off down that alleyway and I love that all three of them are chasing her and you go, is it there? They're like, like where's, where's Ricky? And then Mickey comes stumbling out that door because he's got, he's got the bin on his foot from, like, earlier when he's, like, falling oh, yeah, over. yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, and I love that as he comes through the door, he's like, he's like, oh, sorry, I'm here. And then Nine really meanly just goes, oh, Mickey the idiot. Yeah, just out of nowhere. Mickey like, the idiot. It's like, yes. It's so good. I feel like we're just reinciting the scene, but it's that good that we have to reiterate it. I mean, that's, it. that's the problem, right? It's like, yeah, I, yeah, we're always like, oh, when, this is technically a rewatch podcast. I don't want it to be just us breaking down scene by scene every line and action that happens. But the scene is so funny that I'm enjoying just explaining it how the scene plays out. It needs to be done. Out. Yeah. It needs to be done. And then obviously... It's one of the best jokes in the show, is this bit. It's so good. And it's basically she's like, she's got the teleport, and then Nine just takes out the Sonic, smiles, that grin that he has, Chris doing that grin, and then just keeps bringing her back after she's teleported. It's so good. And then she's like, this is persecution. What have I ever done to you? Um, Babe, did you not remember what you did? (laughs) It is great. It is absolutely great. And like you say... You then, there's, it just carries on, doesn't it? Because, yeah, the old oh god, I've got native when they're talking about that inside the office is funny. Did you, did you sort of, I, I, this might be something that uh, I only picked up on in my weird brain, but you know when, when Jack finds the Traber physical waveform microkinetic extrapolator? That thing, yeah. Yeah, I, I actually pretty sure, is that, I think that's what it is. That's mostly listening to the podcast over and over again. I mean, I, I genuinely couldn't have said it better myself, genuinely, <laughs> so let's go with it. Um, and he's like looking at it, but when Nine first lifts it up and flips it over, and Jack is sort of like going, "Oh, is that the only?" And he says that, but Nine, he looks at it and he goes, "He goes, oh, fantastic! It's really sexual." He's low key horny. He yeah. looks at it and he was like, "Oh, that is flipping that is hot!" Fantastic. Yeah, I was like, "Oh, okay, oh. calm down." I was like, "Oh, Chris, God, you're getting us all excited over here." I yeah. noticed that as well. Every time I notice, I notice that every time because he just looks so. He's like, "Oh yeah, oh yeah." yeah. That is fantastic. Wow. I get like that because obviously I'm an editor and sometimes when I get a new hard drive and I see like it's got like six terabytes free, I'm like, oh, fuck, fucking hell. That's gorgeous. That's that's stunning. That's stunning, that is. That is top shelf. That is class. (laughs) Love it. Um, Thank you. Uh, I love it. But you know what, again, you know how like in that scene in the bathroom, the lovely bathroom, the marble bathroom, yeah. I feel like nearly every scene in this episode, it goes it has like three different emotions running through it. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Like you've got you've got the more serious element and then you've got the funny element with the the thing, the tribe of microkinetic extrapolate whatever. Uh the surfboard, this this the space surfboard basically. Um and then you've got the bad wolf reference, which I think is the first time they've actually called out in the show like I've heard that before. Can you can you do the Welsh? Blythe Droog. Yeah, there we go. 
There you go. I mean, they do say it enough in this episode. I'd be a bit shocked if you couldn't. But... I just love that, though. Don't you think that's so good? Yeah, and I love... I love... Again, yeah, you know, I don't just want to, like, be quoting bits and that for the end, but I do love the... Although the he's, like, he's like, yeah, but what it means? Like, bad wolf is like that, that phrase that's been following us everywhere, like, all through time and space. Bad wolf. And then Rose is like... It, what do you mean it's following us? And he goes, oh, no, probably a coincidence. Like when you hear a word on the radio and then you hear it everywhere else. It's just like... Anyway, things to do. And then straight, he just... Get, yeah. Well, I think, though, I think that he genuinely was a bit concerned in that moment, but like, he's like, I can't deal with this right now. Like, we have to get to that later. And I assume also then he's like quite a good red herring as well because it sets the audience up to go like, okay, so like bad, like we are... Uh, yeah, we've always seen Bad Wolf, but like you're going, okay, the Doctor's acknowledging it. Bad Wolf's going to be a thing. But then yep. the fact that the Doctor's even like, you know, ah, nah, it's nothing. You kind of go, okay. And of course it comes into play so much next week. Exactly. Um, but yeah, like, and it goes really eerie and sinister. Yeah, and then it goes back to turns. being... Yeah, and then it goes back to being serious because they talk about um, the execution on Rex Corocophalamatorius, don't yeah. they? Yeah, yeah. And then it goes to Rose trying to pronounce the word... Oh, no, no, no. So it goes to that, and then it goes to the about the execution. She, uh, Margaret talks about the execution, which is brutal, by the way. Obviously, she talks more about it uh, when they go out to dinner, and she talks about how she turns into soup, basically. But yes, you do have that really cute thing where Rose is like, oh, so we take her back to Rack. rack and then and then Nigel goes, come on. So, come on, God's sake. Rack to Coracophalopatorius, and then they like high-five. She's like, yes, I got it. Yeah, I think like, how good's really sweet. It's so cute. But yeah, I mean, again, I don't know what you think, but like for all of the weirdos who complain that Doctor Who is too political now, this episode mm. is it's very, very literally about the morals of the death penalty. Oh, yeah. So heavy. It is. And you know what? It did make me think about, because I personally am not for it. No, me either. And it just made me think, like, I mean, look, I'm just like, can we just go here? Can we just talk about the scene in the restaurant? I know we're skipping ahead a little bit here, but... I just, I just want, I want to dissect it so badly. When they go on a date. With that scene, when she talks about how they lower her into like a boiling vat of acid, basically, and then she's still alive as she's like cooking to death into like a soup, mm. a Slovene stew, if you will. Ha <laughs> ha. Um, it was funny. Come on, that was funny. <laughs> it was. It was. No, I just because you were so like you know so like we got to talk about. How, how serious this gets and yeah we've got to talk about the issues and we've got to backtrack to the jokes but you know we've got to go serious for a minute and then you're like Slovene stew <laughs> <laughs> oh I'm being called out on my own podcast hi I'm Daniel founder of Pretty Litter did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain I learned this the hard way after losing my cat Gingy so I created Pretty Litter a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. God. Um, Supine. Supine. <laughs> I just need a minute. That's funny. That's funny. Um, yes. I really love how obviously the doctor's like i didn't make the rules that's what happens when you break the law and she's like yeah but you enforce it mm-hmm. and she's trying to beg for her life and then you know it's her saying you know i i didn't sac sorry i didn't kill the woman and you know i've let some people go out and kill them and he's like yeah well you let them you know that's how you live with yourself you you happen to be kind once or twice and you, you that's your excuse and then she says you know only a killer would know that Annette Badland just basically says one of the most iconic lines. Uh, one of uh, It's like really iconic. She's like, you know, your happy little go lucky life leaves devastation in its wake. Oh, Annette. Yeah, I know. Oh, so I thought you said and then. Okay, no, no. No, 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 Annette, Annette. 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 Yeah, but I love, I love, because um, they do have an amazing back and forth and she has some great lines. But I mean, so does the Doctor. I love when the doctor says to her, you're pleading for mercy out of a dead woman's lips. Oof. It's like, whoa. Oh, it's just line after line that's like, oh, oh, God. Oh, wow. Yeah. Just powerful, impactful, well-acted. Like, I I could watch... I, there needs to be there needs to be a doctor who... Like, I mean, not really anymore, but, like, I mean, it's really a shame that there wasn't an episode that was just a two-hander. Yeah. Because like I could have watched, yeah, you know, I could have watched that dinner scene, but for maybe not forty-five minutes. You know, you have a little bit of the start, a little bit of the end, but like the majority bulk of an episode, I could have watched a two-hander with Christopher Eccleston and someone else. Yeah, I think. Do you know what I agree? Because as much as we don't like series one, Mickey, right? Mm-hmm. I do think there's some interesting conversations that I had between Rose and Mickey for sure. Yeah, like he's more tolerable in this episode. He reminds me slightly more of series two, Mickey. A bit more. I actually... Oh, God. Oh, are you going to judge me? Please still be my friend after this. Okay. I do agree with a bit of what Mickey's saying to Rose. I mean, I understand in that I think I would probably feel exactly the same. But I don't know if it's... I don't know if it's the way it's written or if it's Noel's acting in this, but it's really, really whiny. It's whiny for sure, yeah. Like I understand, I would, I would probably feel the same emotionally. I just the way it's sort of said and delivered is just a little like. I think. Do you know what? I think there was a bit too much time dedicated to it, and I think there could have been more time. What I was trying to say was, I think there should be more time dedicated to that restaurant scene for sure. Yeah. Um, But I will say, I will say, I think. Obviously, like Rose is Rose is having that conversation with Mickey and. It's like, you know, someone who can't stop talking about work. Yeah, yeah. Like, it would it would irritate the shit out of me. Because she yeah. just can't stop talking about it, yeah. And then he goes, he just out there goes like, oh, I'm dating Trisha Delaney. And she's like... It kind of reminds me of... It's almost the inverse of 
um, <laughs> inverse of. Um, if, in... Yeah, if, if no, no one could see what Elliot was just doing, but they were getting their hand into a claw and then twisting it and going inverse. Inverse like that. Yeah, I'm a very, I'm a very, um, I'm a very visual speaker. I speak a lot with my hands, so that doesn't help you because you're just listening to my voice. Yes, but I do talk with my hands a lot. Um, I'm in for a treat. <laughs> Uh, but it reminds me of it's the inverse of in Rose when she's talking to Mickey and Mickey's asking about football and the pub and then she's like oh am I talking about me for once yeah because she now won't shut up about exactly something that he doesn't want to hear about nice one I didn't realise that at all well done I didn't also during the episode that just came to me so maybe that's great yeah like, Again, as much as I think Mickey's a whiny little bitch sometimes, I yeah. do think it is it is sad that he was obviously accused of killing her for a year. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then leaving him and, like, basically... Because they were boyfriend and girlfriend, weren't they? They weren't yeah. just dating, were they? They were boyfriend and girlfriend. Yeah, I think they're, like, established, aren't they? She basically broke up with him the minute she ran away from him to the TARDIS and she basically left him hanging. Yeah. It's not... Again, not that like Rose shouldn't pursue her dreams and stuff and like pursue that life, but she did leave him behind, and he and you know I I feel bad for him in a way. I I hate to say it, but I do. And like it, but no, it's true because I also and I do feel bad for him in that like she wanted her passport. You know, he got on a train from London to Cardiff, which is a long train ride, to give it her is, yeah to give her a part a passport, and all she actually really wants to do. And this is like, I mean, it's a kid show, so like you can't really read too much into it. But she like, just kind of wants her sex with him. Yeah, pretty much. Like, and, you know... To see are, him, yes, but also... Like, there are people, yeah, there are people who do have those kinds of relationships. And it is really toxic and hard to take because, yeah, you know, you don't have communication with them. But, you know, then as soon as she's, as soon as she's back and she's like, you know, oh, actually, no, like, I want to hook up and hang out. Yeah, he will drop everything. And I know what that's like and I have people who know, know what that's like and it's, it is really sad and it does fuck with people. But in saying that and then saying how much I think Rose did fuck up on that line and also Loki, fat shame, Trisha Delaney, but we move. Um, yeah, I didn't like that. Didn't like that but, it's, but it's very telling but of then, the time because... But then I also think that when she first says it, when she's just like, you know, oh, Trisha, you know, she's kind of a big girl and, you know, it's like, oh, I lost some weight. You sort of go, that's kind of weird. But then I understand when she's then like, but you don't even like Trisha Delaney. So she's sort of doing it out of anger. But because when she first says it, she's just saying it normally. It does seem a bit like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like I said, it's very telling of the time because being minus 10 in size was the fashion. Also, her brother, um, is, her brother is Rob Delaney, who is uh, now a famous actor and comedian. There you go. It's just weird that they share a name. I don't know. Every time I hear that, I'm always like, oh, the action comedian, Rob Delaney. <laughs> it's just very random. Yeah. Um, but one, but like I said, in saying all of that, the bit that does irritate me in that conversation is when, I think I thought in the conversation we were getting somewhere where they were kind of almost reconciling and kind of coming to a point where Rose was like, you are right, I've been very unfair to you. But then as soon as the thing, the earthquake kind of thing happens in Cardiff, she, she runs off. And it kind of annoyed me that Mickey was like, oh, go on then, it's always going to be the Doctor and it's never me. And it's like, we've literally just reverted back to square one, Mickey. Yeah, especially because... Because in my head, 
Rose expected Mickey to run after with her as well to go and see what was going on, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's no reason why he shouldn't. But why? Why are you standing there? Rose is running to the situation. She's trying to help. It's not that she's running to the doctor. It's that she's running to the TARDIS. So I did kind of find that annoying. I'm not gonna lie. So I I agree everything that we've said. I do feel quite sorry for him at times. Sometimes he's annoying. For the final point on their conversation, I'll leave you with my exact note as it's written which is, oh, poor little Ricky crying because his girlfriend left, get fucked. That is the tea. Genuinely. But yeah, going going back to the restaurant scene for a second. Yes. As much as I love that serious conversation, I do want to talk about, like I mentioned at the start, how much I love the comedy elements of that scene. So funny. So funny. Like, first of all, you know when they're walking in, and like, well, when they're opposing the idea of her having her last meal with the doctor and um, and she's like, can you do that? You know, stare me in the eye as I'm having, you know, as I'm having my last dinner. How strong is your stomach? And he's like, strong enough. And then they go and have the dinner. There was no need for them to hold hands. Well, that, that's the thing. Right? It's like, because, you know, you get that really serious line. She's like, yeah, I wonder how strong your stomach is. It's like, yeah, strong enough. And then, you know, they talk about, like, the, the thing. Jack says the thing where she can't get more than 10 feet away, but, like, it'll electrocute her. And then he and then Nine says whatever. And then she just goes, dinner and bondage. Works for me. Works for me. And then they're like, holding hands. I was like, that's great. Works for me too, Margaret. It, wor- it all works for us, Margaret. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for shining a light on that. Um, I just love, I love yeah, so camp, so camp. It's so camp, and I just yeah, like I said, they're holding hands for no reason whatsoever. She she could walk beside him; it would be fine. But they have by, to hold hands. By this point, they are on a date. They are on a date, Loki. Um, <laughs> I just thought it was really sweet. Um, that's why I get really sad at the ending because I did feel like Nine was breaking through a little bit. I think he did though. I genuinely think he did break through. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because I mean, he deals with the threat very mercifully. Exactly, but we'll, we'll get to that. By giving her another, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Egg. Um, egg. Actual egg. Um, but yeah, and then obviously they're at the dinner and like she's basically trying to poison him in three different ways. Which one's your favourite method? Oh, I, I really... Answer me this. I, I think my, fa- my favourite method of trying to poison him is shooting the dart out of the finger. <laughs> but my favourite method of nine stopping it is the breath spray it's brilliant she's so good i think i think genuinely that i agree i think the dart in the finger is my favorite um yeah and it's because she's delivering about you know like did you know that the female of the species she's like for instance when her life is in danger and her hand does that really camp (laughs) you can't see us guys we're hilarious we you need we we should probably screen record at some point yeah, and then like she's and she goes in her finger, and then it literally you can see it, go, and then he just catches it without even looking. He's like, "Yeah, I knew that." Yeah, yep. And then I can't even remember what way through the conversation it is, but just like where like she's doing all of this and she's trying to goad him into poisoning him, and you just get him looking. Where you go, he goes, "Ooh, what's nice? What's nice? Steak, steak and chips." <laughs> I like that's I mean, that's a Russell T Davis. Also, the doctor eating steak and chips feels really weird to me. I don't know why. Yeah, I feel like he's more no, of a, I... just a chips of a bowl of chips guy. Yeah, bowl of chips and custard. Oh um, no! <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, yeah, that's yeah, that's why. Like, when he first sort of says about it, he goes, "Oh, steak, that sounds nice." I was like, "Oh, I don't know." And then he's like, "Steak and chips." I was like, "Okay, very yeah, cute. It's, the chips. it's the chips that pushes it over it's the very edge." Very cute. Um, 
Oh, Russell. Oh, Russell. Oh, I just, yeah, and then, like, yeah, oh, it's so funny. It's so funny. It is. Uh... I think that restaurant's closed now. Because I think I tried to go there and it was closed. I could be wrong. Do let us know if I'm wrong. I also like as well, aside from something that's then happening during that scene, is when Rose is going on to Mickey about all the places she's been to with the Doctor. Uh, the planet name Women Wept is really good. Expand. Like, I, I don't know, like, I really love weird high-concept science fiction anyway. And it's like, yeah, people always try and think of sci-fi soundy names, you know. Like, oh, I know what you mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, you know, uh, like, you, know, you think of something that's vaguely earthy and then make it sound like a, like a planet name, you know, you add an O or an O onto it and it sounds science fiction. But just the idea that there's a planet that's Women called wept. Women's Wept is like... I don't know, it's just really cool, hardcore science fiction sounding stuff. I think it's cool. I think it's. I feel like there's a lot of places in the UK that are called kind of something along those lines, and I like that it's kind of almost like that. I think, yeah, I agree. I think that's cool. Um, yeah, it's a good name. Also, it sounded like she was explaining Midnight, but not that Midnight is made of ice. It's made of... Um, what's yeah. it called? What's Midnight made of? Diamonds, that's it. Because um, when she says, yeah, she says like... Because cause she's talking about women's webs and like the ocean's freezing in that, and then she goes... And at midnight, I was like, I was like, midnight? It's just saying that the time of day was midnight, isn't it? Right? Yeah. Yeah, but when she says midnight, I went midnight. Midnight? Oh. Bus, bus tour with no windows, full of strangers on a planet called midnight where you can't step out on the surface. What could possibly go wrong? Stay tuned to find out. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just think, do you know what? I really love, something I really loved in this episode is all of the little inside jokes between the characters. Mm. Yeah, like they all feel... Like real people. I mean, big finish. Make the audio adventures of Jack, Rose, and the Doctor like what they did in that in between time. Yeah, I mean, like yeah, because even uh, even right, uh, yeah, I don't want to jump all the way back, but yeah, even sort of right at the start when uh, is it? Do- uh, it's like uh, Jack is talking about the Doctor, and the Doctor goes, "Such hard work," and then Jack goes, "But worth it." And he's like, "Oh yeah, it's just, like oh they love they each love other. it." And like so also good. the little moment of the Doctor being jealous. Mm. Oh yeah, because when 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 Rose and Mickey walk off because Mickey Mickey wants a p- p- pizza again because it's all it's all he That's wants all he eats, uh, yeah. and also also Loki wants to have sex with Rose in the hotel room. Uh, Loki with pizza, which fair, fair enough. Yeah, like he's watching them walk off on the scanner and he looks really jealous. Yeah, and then also, but yeah. when they're in the TARDIS at first, and then he looks over while he's up in the thing fixing something, and he just looks over. Yeah, he does not look happy. Yeah, and that's why, because then, and then you get that thing where, like, people do right when they're sort of competing for someone's affection because you get yeah. nines like, nines like, yeah, how's, how are you going, Ricky boy? Because he knows that that's going to undermine Mickey. And then when Mickey's like, you know, oh, it's it's Mickey Big Ears. Yeah. So he's like, what do you call him Big Ears? Like, look in a mirror. I was like, oh, they, they, they are just doing that because they both want to date Rose. When Mickey comes to the TARDIS and Jack's like, we're not looking for, what was it? He's like... <laughs> Is it, yeah, well, it's like, yeah, it's like we're not, yeah, we're not looking for whatever, it's like, whatever, you, whatever you're buying, we ain't selling. Well, whatever you're selling, we're not buying, yeah, and he's like, get out of my way. Yeah, whatever, you're, whatever you're selling, we ain't buying. That's what it is, because if you were buying something, why would we be selling it? And like, he's like, who's jump, jumping yeah. Jack Flash or whatever it is? Oh, yeah, yeah, he's like, yeah, yeah, he's like, he's like you're very, you're very, he's like, handsome, he's like, cheesy. And that's beefcake. Like, oh, yeah, cheesy, 20, 21st century. 21st century slang mean, meaning uncool. No, so, so, but 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 cool is uh, uncool is now cool. Am I right? And it's like, oh, Jack, get in the bin. <laughs> and it's kind of the same thing as they leave right because then Jack says something and he's like, yeah. And Mickey's like, what's your name again? Captain Innuendo. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I do think I do think like the chemistry between everyone is so good. Yeah. Uh, 
So going all the way back to where we were, uh, you liking the Doctor and Margaret holding hands going to the restaurant. I love that they also run hand in hand when they're trying to find out what the earthquake is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he's like waiting for her. It's like, oh, cute. Yeah. Yeah, because she, she's like, you know, she's like, oh, the handcuff. And he's like, oh, don't run. She's like, oh, no, I'm sticking by you. And then they just, like, hand in hand and they run oh, away. I love like, oh. it. I, it just makes me sad that they that she was actually plotting the whole time. Uh, which? I feel like, I feel like, me, because my opinion, I think he did break through to her and I think she did start to get along with him. But at the end of the day, she is about herself. Yeah. That's what it is. I don't think everything she said was ingen- like ingenuous or anything. I, th- I genuinely think... Is that a word, ingenuous? Dis- disingenuous. Disingenuous. Yeah. There you go, sorry. Um, I do think that everything she said wasn't like disingenuous, but I do think also she is about herself and she will do anything to get her way. So she will always back herself first. Yeah, and I guess if she thinks that the Doctor's still going to take her to her death, then it's like a desperate... Yeah. ...last move. Um... Yeah, and I love. I mean, so I love the scene when they're back at the TARDIS. Uh, the design of her with just the one arm. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Great. Probably a budgetary saving move, but it's so cool. No, but I think it works better because I think. Sorry, I do genuinely emotionally connect more when they're not Slovene because when they're Slovene, yeah. they're just it's aliens. Blobs. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And their, their yeah. eyes the are fa- very see. Yeah. The face can't emote. The, the face can't emote. I do like the um, animation of the mouth, though. I thought that was really good. Yeah, really good pocket work on. in this episode. Less, less, I don't think there was a, C, I don't think there was a single CGI Slovene in this. No. Oh, it's, no, 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 except when she was getting changed. Oh, when she's coming out of the body, yeah. yeah that yeah, makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, which actually wasn't that bad, because it was a mix of practical and CGI, actually, that I noticed. I, I, I agree with you. I think just having the arm... It has that menacing aspect, but it's also you're getting the emotion from Margaret at the same time. I think it was a really good idea. Yeah, she has rose by the throat, which looks painful. Looks um, really painful. Again, I think it has three distinct phases, this scene, because I mean, it's very, very serious and quite scary. I love the idea of an intergalactic surfboard. Stand back, boys. Surf's up. <laughs> <laughs> Letting an entire planet implode in on itself so you can ride a surfboard across space is... Iconic. Very, very camp. But that feels like one of those things where, you know, that might be done in a, a later sort of era of the show and it would feel very, like, camp. And, like, I feel, in a different version of the show, I feel like that would be that would be something the Doctor would do, would, like, implode a perceived bad planet, right? you just destroy a whole planet because he could then ride a surfboard through space and you're meant to go, like, oh, that's really cool and fun because I love the Doctor and he's so cool and fun. Whereas, yeah. like, the idea of imploding a planet to get just across space is terrifying, but also the method of getting through space on a surfboard is very funny. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I, I mean, I, I, if anything, she's the original girl boss, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, Lord, Lord Mary Cardiff. Well, no, the original girl boss is Harriet Jones. Sorry, let me correct myself. And then Diana Goddard. And then Diana Goddard, and then Margaret. Then Margaret's the name. Yeah. yeah. Um... I like. I don't want to keep going. And I love this. And I love this. But I mean, so the heart of the TARDIS. Yeah. Mm. I really love the like bright, almost whited out. Kind of how you look with the sun on your face at the moment. The like yeah, whited out really shots. In my webcam. <laughs> the whited out shots of Margaret Levine talking are. I don't know. They're just. I don't. Know, they're beautiful. I think they're really well done. Even though obviously she's technically overexposed. It works for what's going on in that moment. Um, 
It's almost like a clean slate, literally. Yeah. And then, yeah, and then you get those, like, close-ups of her eyes when you need them. The the, the heart of the TARDIS, <laughs> it turns Margaret back into an egg. Yeah. She's an egg. She's an egg. She's an egg. So, she's an egg. And because the heart of the TARDIS is also telepathic, so obviously the TARDIS can translate languages, and the TARDIS is a mind reader, basically, and it's telepathic, like we said. So the reason it turned Margaret into an egg is because she obviously was probably thinking she wished she could kind of start over and, like, have a second chance. Yeah. And then the reason why Rose, not to skip ahead to next week's, well, the week after record, um, the reason Rose is taken to the Doctor but then also wipes out the Daleks is because she's thinking she wants to help the Doctor and wipe out the Daleks and then that's the way that kind of happens. Yeah. Right? That's that. That's how it works, right? Yeah, like, yeah. I, say, I assume it's that, yeah, she wants a second chance and that she sort of... She doesn't absorb the heart of the time, she just kind of looks into it and this, you know, it does a time travel on her. Yeah, literally a, a mini time travel into, like, in, an inwards time travel moment, yeah. Whereas, yeah, Rose then so it wants to save the Doctor and she absorbs it all. Yeah. Um, which She's is looking insane. at it a bit too long. But yeah, I wonder actually if it's bought, because she can just wave her hand and do it, you know, and just go like that and then the whole Dalek fleet is wiped out. I wonder if that's because... She knows about the idea of the Delta Wave. Yeah. Again, we'll talk about this next week, but you know, like the, or the week after, sorry. But the, yeah, because the Doctor's been talking about, oh, it's the Delta Wave and, you know, we're going to do this and it will wipe out the whole fleet. And then so when she's thinking about a weapon to defeat the Daleks, she's thinking Delta Wave. That's probably what it is. Yeah. And oh then give her something where she can just wipe her, wave her hand and it wipes out the whole fleet. That's, that's mad. I didn't even think about it like that. And even if it's not true, it's a good bit of headcanon. It is indeed. Um, but yeah, I I think it's really nice that she gets her a second chance because he can, he can see that she can change. He sees that she can change. And what is the the, the last thing that Margaret Levine says? Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, and then Aww. that really creepy shot of the skin suit collapses to the floor. Oh, it's so weird, right? It's just... <laughs> yeah, literally, <laughs> like in a mess on the floor. Disgusting, yeah. disgusting. Yeah, and then and then she's naked. And then she's an egg. She looks like... Oh, my God. No, do you know what she looks like? The egg. Did you ever watch the live-action Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Yeah. The really weird not... live-action one? Yeah. This is a really niche reference, can I just say. it's There's an episode where they fight vampires, right? Yeah. And the vampire has a heart that is outside of its body, and it jumps around, and they're trying to capture this heart that's literally a heart I shit you not, I shitteth you not, that it jumps around and the turtles are trying to find it and also the vampire's trying to find it and it literally has little bits come off it. It reminds me of that. It's a really cool design. I think it's a really cool design. It's it's kind of gross, but I like it as well. I thought Slitheen eggs would be bigger. Yeah, because it's only like, you know, yeah. small, isn't it? Oh, baby Slitheen. That's pretty quite cute because of how big their eyes are. Well, I mean, have you seen or seen Sarah Jane Adventures? There is a young Slitheen. There's a boy. Yeah, it's in like the first couple of episodes, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, and it's actually really cute. Yeah. Um, yeah, it kind of reminded me. Of, kind of reminded me of the X Alien. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. That I mean, that cool. would have probably been the better reference, Damler. Come on, not teenage. No, uh, no. I mean, like you know, mine's mine's the more. Oh yes, hello. I've seen cinema. I like yeah. Alien. Yeah, but it does. It does look like it. It kind of looks. Yeah, that sort of green, kind of slimy sort of. You know, it looks like the A1 from Alien. Yeah, oh, wow. But, um, yeah, and then they'd go and drop her off, and it's really lovely. 
Oh, it just really, really made me want to watch Bad Wolf and Pie in the Waste. Like, literally, I wanted to watch it straight after. So did I, yeah. Because it kind of feels like a three-parter. It's almost kind of like a three-parter, you know. Because of how relevant everything is. Yeah. Kind of adding on to what we were talking about with Mickey earlier. Yeah. I did find it kind of silly, but I also kind of get it because I'm quite petty myself, so that's fair enough. But, like, when Rose is like, oh, Mickey, oh, my God, where's Mickey? I mean, like, too yeah. long enough. But then she goes to find him and then he just stands near a fire looking all, like, sad and then walks off. And it's like, she thinks you're dead. Yeah, especially... You're so like, yeah, well, And she's, like, stopped to talk to police officers. Yeah. And, like, you know, she looks like... Yeah, I, I, I don't know how... Even if you didn't think she was looking for you, how could you not look at her, like, speaking to police officers and think, like, oh, my gosh, you know, she's such a good person. Yeah, but also, and in saying all of that, I am also that petty that I'd be like, I'm just going to let you think I'm dead. Yeah. I don't... They don't... They probably don't have the budget for this, even though they shot there earlier. But more impactful for her to go, Mickey, oh, my God, where's Mickey? Leave. Leave the TARDIS, run, looking for Mickey, not being able to find Mickey, and then cutting to a shot of him just boarding a train. So, wrapping up, then, my love, what was your standout moment? My... Stand-up moment, I could go really could go really serious and be like, oh, it's, the, mm-hmm. it's the heavy, the emotional impact of the dinner scene. Could go comedy and say it's the chasing. Both avid contenders, and I will not blame you if it's either one of those, but I think it's the chat with Cathy in the toilets. It is good. It is it's good. It's so, I don't know, just like I forget every time how early it gets to that sort of emotional core. And it's very, very beautiful. And the things they have to say are very poignant. And I never thought that I could ever be sad about what a seven-foot-tall green alien would have to say about family. But it's very, very beautiful. It is very beautiful. I love it. What was Um, the stand-up moment for you? For me, calling me out, but it is the dinner scene. I do love it. It is probably the best scene in the whole episode. It's the entire, like, if I had to pick a moment in the dinner scene, it's probably when Margaret's, like, trying to poison the Doctor. That's, it just, it's so funny. Because that specific moment is my favourite, I would say. That's a standout moment. Fair. A dart within her finger. (laughs) Brilliant. Oh, dear. Uh, Well, what's a moment that didn't work for you? It's kind of a big thing. It's like, how did nobody notice all of the corrupt crap that was going on? I mean, we could say that about our government today, but let's leave that for another time. I don't have the time for it. Um, Like, all the deaths that happened on the nuclear power station, you know, Margaret never wanting to take a photo of herself. I mean, I do love that scene, by the way. She's like, yeah, it's like... And what about the the inspector of power station? He slipped on an icy patch. He was decapitated. It was a very icy patch. It was a very icy patch. The visibility was poor. I can't be expected it, to see it was where my car's going. <laughs> yeah, I was, yeah, I've got about that. That's oh a good god. Um, yeah, I would say that. I just like it's, someone would have noticed by now. Like, hmm. there's just a lot of stuff that she does where it's like, eh? yeah, that's fair enough. So yeah, what about you? For me, actually, something that you mentioned. It's the sort of resetting of Rose and Mickey's relationship. Yeah, I yeah, guess that would be. Yeah. Big, because that needs to come to a head in parting of the ways. It's sort of a shame that there's no real progress on it in this episode. Like, because their scenes are actually quite heartfelt and they're quite interesting, and then it just sort of squanders its potential. 
Well, I think, though, they would have had more of an... Mickey would have more of an incentive to help Rose in the next episode if they had left it on a better note, right? Yeah. I feel like if, if they hadn't, which they didn't, he would be more like, I ain't helping her. Yeah, because... Mickey's a pick-me and... Um... Rose is a strong, independent woman. What? What? Okay, the hard question, much like last week. Favourite quote? I, at this point. I think it's very, 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 very difficult. Um, I think I'm not going to go for one that makes me laugh, because there are many of them, and I think I've talked about a lot of the funny ones. For me, it's in TARDIS when they're talking about the sort of morals around her execution, and sort of Mickey's being like, yeah, yeah no, we'll just kill her, and, you know... And they're talking about that. I can't remember the exact context, but she turns like mostly to Mickey and Jack. Uh, and Margaret says, you're very quick to soak your hands in my blood. Oh, I like that. OK, I'm going to allow you. That's your serious quote. What's your favourite funny quote? quote? Uh, my favourite really funny one is probably... Uh, let's see if it's. Uh, let's see if there's one that I hadn't mentioned that I got written down. But actually, I don't think there is. So my favourite uh, thing one's probably um, steak, steak and chips. I just love the way he says that. It's the way he delivers the line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And in the context, of everything else that's been going on. Steak, steak and chips. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Uh, what about you? What about me? Well. I would. I, I've definitely mentioned it already in the episode. I'd say my funny one. I, I part of me wanted to quote the entire cafe scene. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's amazing. But I will say, for the sake of brevity, um, dinner and bondage works for me. <laughs> and then my serious quote is, "Your funny little go, happy life lives devastation in its wake." Like that. That's fucked up. Yeah, and they're it's, both very good lines. And they're both incredible actors, and they just played each, each, off of each other amazingly. Do a play with those two. I wanted. Yeah. I would see that. I would pay for that. Yeah, I would. Macbeth. Macbeth. Chris Rockins has already played Macbeth, but Chris Rockins Macbeth, and her is Lady Macbeth. Do it. Brilliant, iconic. So, what's your favorite Doctor? Like, what's your most Doctor moment then? Uh, I like there's quite an obvious one, isn't there? There's so many, though. Probably the scene when he first goes to see Margaret. Telling her, yeah. No, it's the Doctor, because I think Nine does sort of take pride in scaring people. Oh, there's yeah. sort of something about the way that he always sort of says that he's the Doctor. It's got a sort of air of, like, quiet smugness around it that really works. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And, yeah, and knowing that she's climbing out the window. It's very funny. Like, you, it you know, funny. it's classic Doctor knowing exactly what's happening, but, like, still enjoying the moment. It's great. No, it is yeah. very classic. I'd say that I'd, it, it's giving... I feel like 13 would do something like that. Mm. Yeah. It all reminds me of... Uh, what's the, the one we talked about? What episode is it with... Um... Oh, wait, the way Exxon says that reminds me of World War Three when he shuts him in the cabinet room and then they sort of... Harry Jones-like, but we'll have a way out and just... Ah. It reminds me of that. I don't know, just the way he says everything. It's all that, like... It's good. Head held high, but, like... I I feel like I've done this a few times on the pod now, but I do enjoy doing it. Like, how would each doctor come into that situation with Margaret and try and, like, surprise her? Because I feel like 
obviously nine did that, and then I feel like ten would just straight up come in angry, like where is she, kind of thing, like oh, very see, ten, serious. Ten could have two moves, like because you because like, I feel like you'd either be you'd either be angry. No, uh, no, no. I I agree. Actually, no, I agree. I agree. I was going to say something else, but actually, I think my first point that I was going to make is actually probably more like what Matt would do. Well, you know, uh, Matt would come in and he'd come in. He'd literally just waltz in and go, "Oh, hello, darling!" Mwah, mwah, across the cheek, acting like they're best friends, and then he would go really serious at the last second. Yeah. Okay. I was going to say one of them, maybe both of them, maybe both ten and eleven. I can see one of them already being sat at her desk. <gasps> oh, like, hold, hold on. Especially hold ten and on. Feet okay, up. No. Actually, actually, sorry. Can I just? Uh, embellish this for a second i think no i think 10 would just storm in really angry i think matt would already be in there feet up but not serious very like oh hello kiss her on the cheek and then goes back and sits down yeah Yeah, exactly goes back sits down and then goes really sinister because matt is amazing at doing that i think that would Mm. be cool and then capaldi he would i feel like capaldi might not even bother would he even bother doing any of that uh yeah i mean like Yes. Maybe he would take more of the nine approach. I'd see like a similar kind of approach to nine, but yeah. more like more serious, more serious, but less angry. Like ten would come in storming. He'd be like storming yeah. in. Yeah. Whereas like whereas yeah, nine's very much like you know no no tell her it's the doctor. Whereas I feel like yeah, you know, Capaldi would be very like you know no you like you need to tell her the doctor's here now. Like yeah. this is yeah, but he still and wants to be like to where is she? Yeah. And then thirteen would pro- I think she'd do a very similar thing to nine. Like I said, I can see them doing similar things like that. Yeah, and then pulling out the Sonic and scanning him, the, the receptionist. Yeah, yeah or she'd like, or she'd, <laughs> yeah, yeah, or she'd sort of walk in, like if, like if, if that's like, like doing paperwork and sort of in there writing, so she doesn't see. She'd like come in, kind of half pretending to be the receptionist anyway, because I don't know she's like killed the receptionist outside because she loves killing people. Um, <laughs> and would like, <laughs> um, and then we'd just sort of come in, but still try, still be relaying the message. She'd be like, there's somebody outside wants to see you, calls themselves the doctor. Well, you know, and like, it's just, she'd sort of not be really, no, it's because she's writing, then she'd look up and then, and then, hi, and then the doctor would put like a cup of tea on her desk and then that's what she'd knock off. You and, know, then, yeah. and then they'd all chase her. Like, I can imagine Dan and Yaz chasing that. I, I think that'd be quite funny, actually. Dan would come with his walk. Yeah. Yeah, yes. <laughs> oh, I like Dan. Yeah, or he'd like um, pick up a sta- he'd pick up a stapler off her desk or something and be like, you know. And chuck it at her head or something. I'll get him. Yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, and but then, then his the mum comes out of nowhere. Would execute her point blank with a gun because Dan also likes killing people. He does. If as much yeah. as I like him, he is a cold blooded killer. Dan murdered potentially the last of the Sea, sea Devils. Devils. Brilliant. Anyway, um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I think what's my most Doctor Who moment? Um, <laughs> I, I, have, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Dan, my, Dan, what's your most Doctor Who moment? I would say giving Margaret a second chance. Yeah. I mean, the whole episode is a doctory moment, isn't it? No, it really is. No, the whole episode is the most doctory moment. Yeah. So, in saying all of this, what would you rate it out of five, friend? Four. Same. Four. We always Always do this. I feel like we do this a lot. We do match a lot on ratings, don't we? Yeah. Because, again, like, I, you know, I'm not going to be like, as much as I love it and could probably watch it over and over again. So, you know, I'm not going to be like, it's a a five because there are fives that I know that are coming that are impeccable but I mean in terms of the ideas and the morals it's got going on and just the sheer like camp hilarity of this episode it's got so much going on and I love oh, it yeah. so much I love it uh, it's actually, a comfort watch it's a comfort watch for sure 
And I don't know if it helps with it being kind of so criminally underrated in fandom. I never really hear anybody talking about Boomtown, ever. No, no one really talks about it. So I don't know if that makes me sort of more endeared towards it, but I love it. I love it. I love it. I'm glad you got it. It's hilarious. It makes me laugh every time. I never, I, I never like, not find it funny. Yeah. It's good. I'm glad. I'm glad that we both liked it, because I was really worried that it's going to be one of those ones where I was like, this is actually great and iconic, and you were going to be like, no, it's kind of boring. No, no, it's fine. No, no, it's not fine. It's great. It's amazing. But the, the end the end is coming, but the moment has been prepared for. Oh. Next week, Blythe Droog and then Parting of the Ways. Yes, indeed. Very excited. Very, 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 very exciting stuff. We will probably be gushing for like two hours, but... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and we will also... At the end of Parting the Ways, we will give you some info on what we've got planned next. Yes. You can now find us on YouTube. Exciting. Yes, it will be in the show notes. Uh, you can follow us on social media if you have comments, questions, queries. You can get in touch on Twitter. That's at ComealongPondDW. Follow us on Instagram. That's at ComealongPondPodcast. Uh, write us an email if you want us to read it out. On the show, we will. Uh, if you have anything nice to say, if you don't, we might just send it to spam. That is, <laughs> that is comealongpondpod at gmail.com. Of course, you can leave reviews, comments on your app of choice. We're on Apple and Spotify. And as Daniel says, we're on YouTube as well. There may be more platforms coming soon, depending on how bothered I can be to use the ACAST. <laughs> and I think that's everything. I think that's everything. So thank you so much for listening, as always, everyone. Um, and yeah, stay tuned for next week. Thank you for talking to me, Daniel. And thank you to you, friend. I had so much fun, as per usual. As always, yes. And coincidentally, a big thank you to all of you at home as well. Yeah, thank you guys for tuning in and putting up with us, to be honest. Yeah, the motto of this podcast, tune in, tune out. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh... cool. Until next time, I give you air from my lungs. <sighs> bye bye now. Bye. Bye bye. Bye bye now. Bye bye now. Bye-bye. See ya. Goodbye. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. 
There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. 